God's love has been proven. He sent his son to you and to me. Jesus is the hope of the nations. He's yearning to receive the reward he died for, a people who love him. You've been chosen to experience the limitless love of God and share it with the entire world. You've been chosen to release the power of Jesus by declaring his kingdom, healing the sick, raising the dead, and transforming cities and nations for his glory. Heaven is watching and waiting. The earth is groaning for a people to arise who are addicted to Jesus. A Jesus people are coming. The moment is come. We must obey. We must seize the winds of the Spirit that are blowing at our backs. You have one life to live and one chance to make history. Why not here? Why not now? Jesus is waiting. Your yes could change the world. We're starting a school in Orlando called the Jesus School. And we're inviting the whole world to come. And uh, you're looking at this platform. You're also looking at many of the instructors. There will be no school like it that I know of. If you want to give your life to Jesus, come lay it down. We begin the fall of 18. We found the venue. I'm cutting my schedule. I'll be there at least two or three days a week. And we are all longing to pour our hearts into a generation who's hungry for Jesus and then send you to the nations of the world burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost. So if you think conferences, if you think this week's pretty good, why don't you try doing it for a year straight and see how that changes your life? So I want to officially invite all of you to Jesus School that begins in fall of 18. Yeah. There's a booth outside. We've got brochures. Dan, would you speak into this for a second? We've talked about this. We've got another incredible announcement that we're actually going to announce tonight. But I'd love to hear your perspective, man, as to why you think this is important. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it, one of the manifestations of the power of a school like this can be seen right here on this platform. Quite a number of us came out of a school that was a result of a movement very similar to this. And those times together... It's more than just what you learn. It's more than just what the instructors, the professors say. It's more about what you receive and what's imparted to you um, in a time of intensive dedication and commitment to the call of God. It really is, you know, for, for many of us, it branded us, it changed us, it marked us forever. And I think it's really important that if you have that desire to go into ministry, to be used by God in that way, you need a season um, where you're just in the fire, where you're allowing God to, to shape you and mold you into what he wants you to be. Eric, could you, would you speak into that? Do you have a mic back there? We have more people than microphones. Yeah, what's your heart? What do you see happening? Uh, so the atmosphere of staying in the presence of the Lord together underneath the Word of God will help fashion you personally into the image of Jesus in a way that I believe uh, will be quicker there be an, an ex, like an exponential growth in your life by choosing to subject yourself to a time dedicated to his presence and his voice. And I think it's very important uh, for those of you that are in a, in a part of your life right now trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing or what God has for you, I think it's very important to spend time in his presence 
and listening to his voice. And this school will be focused upon the person of Jesus, which is specifically his presence and his voice. So I would say jump in, dive in, drink and eat and enjoy the Lord together with us in the school. (laughs) We're all excited because we get to be together more. Everybody on this platform will be involved in this school. Uh, Yeah, so it's just going to be an incredible time. I would personally do whatever you need to do to get here. And um, so we actually have a booth outside called, it says Jesus School on it. There's some material, and uh, we would be honored to just to pour Jesus into you for a year. Amen. Amen. Okay. My first question is for Marilyn. Marilyn, can you... You, you mentioned earlier uh, Brother Branham preaching or praying over that hank- handkerchief. Can you speak into that moment when you came up on the platform and he called you out of the crowd and what that did for your life? Uh, I was 26. I could not have a child. They said it's impossible. And he called me out of an audience of about 5,000 people. This is in Dallas, Texas, Christ, now Christ for the Nation, Voice of Healing at that time. And when I went up on the platform, he stood about this far from me as Kenneth is, and there was like a wheel within a wheel. Now, I don't know what that is. I know in Ezekiel about the wheels. I know in Revelation about the wheels. But I felt that is the presence of God. And you didn't tell him what was wrong. He told you. He said, you can't have a baby. You're from a wooded area. You're from Denver, Colorado. And when he said, go home and receive your baby, the wheel within a wheel went into my feet. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, in nine months I'll have a baby. I didn't. I was 26. It was 10 years later. And when I thought I was pregnant, I went to a doctor and he examined me. He said, you're not pregnant. It's impossible for you to have a baby. He said, you're going through the change. So I did. And I went back to that same doctor after I had Sarah, and he said to me, how are you? I said, well, I just had a baby. Oh, you adopted? I said, no, I had a baby. He said, that's impossible. I said, I did anyway. So. Remember what you said? You, f- you felt like the fear of the Lord strongly, right? Oh, yeah. Can you explain that? Well, you just felt his presence, you know, and I didn't know what to do. For one thing, he called me out. I didn't anticipate that. And then to feel presence like that is awesome, you know. And then when it, but I didn't, it came into my feet, but I can't say I walked off and felt his presence. I just knew the promise. I held onto the promise. And my husband did it better than I did. You know, he really believed. We adopted a son. But he said, we will have a natural born. And I got pregnant with Sarah. And, of course, you see my natural born all the time. (laughs) Let's give Jesus praise. That's incredible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Copeland, who were some of the voices that really impacted your life in your early days? as a born-again Christian, who would you say the voices were that really framed those early years? Well, Roberts is my spiritual father. And um, 
let, let me work into this a little bit. I knew that I was supposed to go to Oral Roberts University. I did not want to go. I hated school and everything it stood for. <laughs> and um, I, I just, I did not want to go do that. And um, I was headed in another direction. I left Houston on Halloween night of 1966. And um, Gloria, Kelly, and John. John was just a little, little baby. And I was, I was going in a different direction. I knew where I was supposed to be. Right outside Marshall, Texas, we had a, had it not been for the power of God, it would have killed the whole carlotos. And um, got into the hospital there that night, and it was, it was late. I was, John's arm was broken, but uh, the rest of us were unhurt. I was sitting in a rocking chair holding John, and uh, I just began to pray in the Spirit. Thank God for praying in tongues. Hallelujah. And I was repenting before the Lord. I knew the whale got me, but he, did, he didn't get me good. But, but I, I knew, and I said that to the Lord. And I, I, I repent. And um, the, I, I felt it, 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 the warm glow of the healing anointing began at the top of my head, flowed down through my body, and all of us, Gloria was really, really sick with the flu that night. Kelly was still in shock. John had his arm broken. Gloria, every symptom left her body. Kelly went off to sleep. John went to sleep. <laughs> Just sitting there praying in the Spirit. Well, I called my mom and dad, and they came over and picked us up. And, and uh, we're leaving Marshall, Texas, and it's very, very quiet in that car. And I knew I just almost cost my family our lives, just the mercy of God. My dad said, um, what are you planning on doing next week? I said, sir, I, I have no plans. He said, well, you know, your mother and I are partners with Oral Roberts. I said, yes, sir, I know that. He said, and you know, they have partner meetings there uh, in Tulsa at the university from time to time. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, instead of sending us two uh, invitations, they sent us four. Would you and Gloria like to go? Oh, Oh, Jesus, thank you. Oh, glory to God. Now, I said that to, to set this up. 
We were there for uh, um, a week, five days. And as Brother Robert's practice was, that last day he laid hands on everyone and the meeting was over. Well, somehow I got separated from my mother and my dad and um, he had laid hands on me. And so I just sat down waiting for them to come through the line. Suddenly, my eyes wide open. The, the people that were coming in front of Brother Roberts as he laid hands on people, their bodies disappeared. I could see the spirit person, and it was so, they looked like stick people, and so starved, and, and, and just, just grotesque looking. It broke me to the depth of my being. I broke. I wept, I wept, I, I just, I, I said, God, what is this? He said, their spirits are starved. They, they look like they had large, large heads. Now, I couldn't, I could just see a faint outline of the physical body. But I was seeing what he was seeing. He said their, their spirits are starved at the expense of religious education for their heads. He said, I've called and anointed you to do something about this. Well, I didn't have a clue what I'm supposed to do about this. Now, I brought that out to say this. Do you remember when the two spies hid out at Rahab's place? Joshua had better sense than to send 12. He'd already been part of that deal. So he just found two that had faith and <laughs> sent them. She said, where have you been? We heard about you at the Red Sea. Our hearts melted in us. They could have walked across. It was only an 11-day walk. They could have walked across, stepped in there, and never fired a shot because God was already there preparing for what he had told them to go do. But he's not going to tell you that because you'd have to, you need to walk by faith. You have to believe it and walk in it. Amen. Now, <laughs> I learned early on, I had the privilege of, of um, the day I registered at school. There's another indication of that same thing. 
I couldn't figure out how in the world I'm going to go to school all the time with no job, wife and two little children, and how in the world am I going to do this? The day I registered for school, and I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm going to answer the question, all right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, you know, like I said, I was a scriptural illiterate. I'm, my mother sent me a Bible every year for my birthday, but I never read it. So I did my best to go to hell. She just wouldn't let me go. And so... I registered and I started to leave. I got out in front of the LRC and out in front of the, the Learning Resource Center and my feet stuck to the concrete. I couldn't, I couldn't move. I had this happen three times in my life in the 50 years I've been in the ministry. I said, what is this? And the Lord said, go back and go up to the sixth floor. I said, Lord, you can't go to the sixth floor. That I mean, they threatened us. All the students stay off the sixth floor. I said, you can't go up there. That's the Vatican. You can't go to the sixth floor. <laughs> he said, they work for me. You go to the sixth floor. Well, I got up there, and, and the, the, the elevator door opened, and I'm standing there on the sixth floor, and I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to do here. God has a plan. Oral Roberts, major part of that plan. Kenneth E. Hagin, major part of that plan. Now, th this is right in line with what Marilyn was talking about this morning. He's got the plan. All you need to do is find out what it is and go get in it. And don't be worrying about the other side. That's his business. Let him do his job. So I just walked up to Mrs. Rooks, and I didn't know that's who she was at the time. I said, I just registered as a student today. Of course, I was 30 years old, and I didn't look like a student. I was, that's the only reason I got away with it, you know. And so uh, I'm a commercially rated pilot. I understand this, this ministry uses airplanes, and, and <laughs> I need all the help I can get. Thank you very much. I want it out of there so bad. And I turned around. He had walked up behind me, and I didn't know he was there. And, you know, he's this much taller than me. And I, I turned around and he said, I'm Oral Roberts. I literally said, Hana, 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 Hana. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't talk. And he said, <laughs> He said, I understand you, right? You're, you're a commercial pilot. I said, Yes, sir. Can you handle our airplane? Yes, sir. Two weeks ago, I started to hire a new co-pilot. The Spirit of God said, no, I have a student coming that's supposed to have the job, and you're my man. The most important people 
in your life from whom you learn will come across your life supernaturally. God plans for those people to come across your life. Amen. But the thing that I learned from, from Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, I watched Oral Roberts use his faith like a mechanic uses a tool on purpose. And I'm listening to Brother Hagin night and day, just totally immersed in the Word. <laughs> Those two men impacted glory in my lives forever. Absolutely forever. Of course, there have been many others over the years. Be ready for the plan. Think about it every day. You don't think about, I'm going to meet somebody today that's going to impact my life. You think, how can I impact the life of the people to whom God has sent me? And when you, when you, when you have that frame of mind, then you meet Marilyn Hickey. And then I, I remember <laughs> Marilyn, Marilyn has been a heroine of mine ever since I've known she was on the earth. And um, she and, and Wally are just so blessed uh, just to be around them and to get to preach in that great church many years ago. Yeah, we did. Twice. You dedicated the one on uh, Platte River and the one also where we are. I did, didn't I? Yeah, you dedicated both of them. I forgot about the first one. (laughs) Glory to God, Marilyn. I dedicated twice. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Well, if you live this long, you have a lot of experiences, you understand? (laughs) Amen. The, the, um, the impact comes from the supernatural. It may not be spectacular, but it's supernatural. And those, those things that, that men and women of God, yeah, thank you, Lord. And I'm, I, I want to quit by saying this you'll never learn much and you'll miss the supernatural things most of the time if you don't have a burning reverence for the word because everything begins and ends with faith active faith 
Things can happen all around you. God is moving, and you're just kind of do, 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 and don't even know it happens. Becoming aware of the word and high respect for it. I mean, this kind of of uh, respect and honor. It's it's sad today that honor is not taught. Back when we were young, honor was taught. At public school, honor that was the honor system. Honor was, was, was taught. And nowadays, we've got, oh, four, five generations that unless you got it at home, you didn't even hear it. To honor the word and to honor God. Smith Wigglesworth, one of the most powerful men uh, of the word, last half of the 19th century, first half of the 20th century. 17 documented cases where the dead were raised in his ministry. A literate man, never, never went to school a day in his life. God taught him how to read the Bible and he never ever read any other publication. He was staying in the home with a pastor in a meeting um, here in the United States. And this was later on in his life, a few years, several years before he departed. And early Sunday morning, he knocked on the door of the pastor's bedroom. And he opened the door and he was fully dressed. And he said, thus saith the Lord. And he delivered a word to the pastor and to his wife. And left. Well, they, they went ahead and got up and they came down to breakfast. <laughs> and he had his robe on. They said, you, you, were, you were fully dressed a few moments ago. He said, of course I was. I was delivering a message for the master. Such honor, reverence to God and to his word. He, he, he wouldn't speak. He wouldn't dare speak the word of God without bathing, shaving, dressing, even if it was only for 30 minutes. Now, this is, this is the kind of honor that was shown among the scribes before they would write the name of God. They would bathe put on clean clothes before they dare write his name. This is something that the Western world doesn't know anything about. And we need to know that.
somewhere in there. I think I answered your question, Michael. <laughs> wow. Dan, do you have a mic over there? Yeah, you have a mic. What, what's going through your heart right now, listening to that? What do you, what do you sense the Lord saying? In you, I mean, what? Yeah, just about everything you just heard from Brother Copeland. What stands out the most? Well, I, the, here's a question that I have for, I think for all of you, but I'd like to direct it towards Brother Copeland. Um, you know, I, those of you that know me know that I'm the successor of Reinhard Bonnke. And um, there's been a lot of talk in this conference about the, the intergenerational combination that's happening here, which is so beautiful. And we look at you, Marilyn, all of you as mothers and fathers in the faith. And this is what I'd like to know from the mothers and fathers. And I think that many of the younger people in the room are wondering this too. What is it that you are looking for in the young generation? We hear a lot about how the, how the, uh, the mothers and fathers are supposed to pass the baton. But I think a lot of times they're looking for someone to hand the baton to. And they're not finding what they're looking for. What is it that you are looking for in the younger generation? What is that, those characteristics that you're wanting to see? Go ahead. You want to make me answer this, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can both answer. Yeah. You go first. <laughs> well, Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? Right. Um. Respect and honor is a forerunner of faith. We just saw a demonstration here. You know, if you've got a television, you've seen what happened at the, you know, with the, the national anthem and so forth. You may have a protest. You may have, uh, you know, different things and issues that you're passionate about. I would never. You couldn't pay me enough. You couldn't threaten me with my life and cause me to dishonor and disrespect the flag of the United States. I won't do it. I will not do it. Not under any circumstance, not for any reason. I will not dishonor the name of Jesus. And I want to tell you something, children. (laughs) Are you listening to me now? Jesus created the nation of Israel because he loved them. The United States is the only nation founded and created by a people because they love Jesus. And Bob and Rose 
Weiner, good friends of ours, had a, Rose had a visitation of, of the Lord, and, and, and the Lord spoke to her and said those words to her. And he said, I will never forget it. Respect and honor is so important. So important. There's a richness to it. Fear of the Lord. Not fright. But reverence and respect is the beginning of wisdom. And without wisdom, you don't have a clue about how to use knowledge. Amen. I think uh, what I look for uh, to pass on, because I do some mentoring, is I look if they have a heart for the presence of God. I see my young people, I'm talking about my, uh, you know, grandchildren, they love the presence of God. That's what I see in this generation, which really touches me. The other thing I look for, I do, do they care about the lost? I mean, if you're so spiritual, you don't care about the lost, you've lost it. So I think those two things, his presence and people is what I look for. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.